Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of UGA Sports Live, along with Dane Young and Hall of Famer Jim Donnan. My name is Roddy Navulsi. Uh, we have the best show that you can watch when it comes time to figure out what the hell is going on with Georgia Bulldogs. We have it down. We have uh, Jim Donnan here, who breaks it down better than anybody else. This is a former Georgia head coach. Uh, everybody in the industry loves him. They talk to him. They hit him up all the time. We can't get five minutes apiece when we're trying to do our watch-along show because all these coaches are texting him, asking him questions about the rest of the country. So, But we do have him for the next hour. He is ours. And if you want to ask him questions, now is your opportunity. So if you're watching this on Facebook or you're watching this on YouTube or, hell, if you're watching on Twitter, send in your questions and we will pepper – uh, coach with him and uh, force him to give you answers. And we'll actually we'll force him to answer the, the questions exactly the way you want to. So if you've got a uh, agenda to push, now's the day to do it. So hit him up and uh, we will get those questions answered for you. And while you're here, also hit the uh, like on our Facebook page and hit subscribe on YouTube. We're close to 20,000 subscribers. This is the fastest growing Georgia uh, YouTube channel out there. So uh, we, we want to keep that up. We want to keep up that pace. So please continue to do that. A uh, big shout out to our friends over at Dead Soxie Academia Brewing Company, Your Pie and Athens Ford for sponsoring this podcast. We'll talk about them later in the show. I know how much you guys love our commercials, but hey, we wouldn't have a show without them. So uh, shout out to those uh, sponsors. They mean a lot to us. I'm here at Classic City Eats in Watkinsville. Uh, you, there's a uh, Galaga Pac-Man machine behind me. The proceeds of which go to charity this month. So there are Christmas lights going up all over the place out here. When you get a chance, swing back Classic City Eats. You'll absolutely love it. Great food. Uh, I'll tempt you later on in the show when they bring out uh, my lunch. And uh, you can uh, just have the uh, just fill your mouth watering. Like my mouth watering uh, was going on this past Saturday. Finally, my mouth watering player of the week, the guy that I've talked about all year. You didn't year, pick him last week, though. I that, didn't. I picked your main person. So the one time I don't pick my guy, he shows up. So maybe I've been the guy holding back James Cook. But, Coach, let's talk about that Tennessee game. Uh, offense, we'll talk offense or defense, your choice. But I'm just so proud and so excited for James Cook. I'm just thrilled to death. that I, if, if you were the one that told us about it first, but he finally hit, and I thought uh, James Cook had a hell of a week. Yeah, I just thought it was a brilliant uh, tactical performance by our coaching staff, first of all. Uh, since we're talking about offense, uh, I felt there was a really good job by uh, Coach Munkin and his staff, game plan wise. Uh, really, we talked about it in the scouting report that moves around the front, and they they caught, caught us a couple of times early with movement. And uh, then you know we had to make a move at guard when uh, you know it was obvious Erickson was sick, uh, and uh, put trust in there, and he did a good job overall. And then so basically. Uh, your starting left tackle and your starting right guard weren't playing. And so to win that uh, convincingly was very impressive. We, we got off to a good start with a great drive, and then we kind of faltered there with three and out. But then uh, I thought the second quarter just completely took over the game. But a couple of things that were really saying in the old coach's mind here that I felt like really uh, – were, were very evident. The first thing was they cut Stetson Bennett loose. I mean, I think all year they've been very careful about um, with JT situation as the backup uh, being up and down, whether he's ready to go or not. They've been very careful about letting Bennett run the ball. Uh, you know, when it's obvious that he could against some of these teams, uh, we've been very hesitant to do that. We did some a little bit against Auburn when we needed it and it worked. And then last week just really cut him loose and, 
You, you know, I think the the main thing is that he just gives you that element of uh, that the defense has got to be really concerned about, and his ability to make something out of nothing uh, continues to be uh, really uh, exciting because the play made on the goal line for the touchdown was just uh, Johnny Football like. I mean, you know, uh, really good job. But uh, getting back to the tactical thing, uh, using Cook like they did. Uh, a lot of formations, uh, and one thing that to me is coaching 100%. You go into Neyland Stadium, a terrible background for any offensive team. We had no motion penalties. We didn't jump offside. We did, we did a great job of managing the game in a tremendous atmosphere for the other team. Uh, we see these teams come into Sanford Stadium and discombobulate, so I thought that was really impressive that we were able to handle that and we were able to do so much at the line of scrimmage, contrary to what some people think, uh, which I really don't care, but we do a lot at the line of scrimmage. We change protections, we change plays. And the first touchdown was a, was a tremendous audible where we went off the left tackle area where they were really a little soft there and we blocked the heck out of it. So just the fact that our kids came in there and a little bit outmanned as far as, the personnel, the new personnel, but not necessarily physically. Those guys came in and did a great job, Jones and Trust. But getting burdened back, making some plays. Mitchell, just tremendous on that one drive, uh, down after down. Uh, you know, it was just uh, made you feel good to know. Uh, one of the things that I always felt like when you make a plan and you work it and then it, then you go in there and you execute it, very satisfying as a coach. I mean, you're not going to out-coach many people, but you want your players to not get beat and do what you plan. And then if things don't work out and, and it is, hey, you know, they did the other team beat you. But in this case, uh, <coughs> excuse me, our plan was, uh, you know, mystical really because, uh, you know, Tennessee never could figure out what we were doing personnel-wise <laughs> and uh, they couldn't figure out, you know, you know how to get to the quarterback and get off the field on third down, which I think forty-eight uh, percent on the year has been a real problem for them. So, just a, what really makes my mouth water and makes me feel like that I probably won't have to take anything to drink for maybe the rest of the day is what's ahead of us uh, with Blaylock on the horizon, with Pickens on the horizon, with Salyer getting back uh, uh, healthy, uh, with Erickson being able to play guard or center. Uh, and the fact that JT is ready now, too. We'll see him this week, I'm sure, uh, a lot against George uh, Charleston Southern. So just uh, this team has, a, has endured a lot of adversity. People don't really realize all the different players that we've played without and the different mechanics involved in trying to piecemeal together. But uh, there's a lot of difference between potential and performance. I felt like Saturday we really performed and that we played up to our ability and tremendous job. As far as the defense is concerned, I'll hit that pretty quick. But, uh, you know, anytime you take two of your best players off the team, Anderson and Carter, neither one played. Uh, Carter dressed out but didn't play long enough just to throw a guy around that was in his way like a little fly there. But uh, just had a little trouble getting adjusted early and that happens. You can't really sing, symbolize that in practice. And, uh, you know, they were working on our, our, our outside people and we, we didn't get off blocks very good. I thought they were holding us a lot. They didn't call it on the perimeter, but you know, that's something that you just, 
can't count on, but a really good move by uh, the staff uh, moving Smith up to star, who's a better cover guy. And, and we had uh, Jackson in there helping support the run. And we did one into the game. This team had given up a lot of sacks. I mean, they led the league in the sacks given up, and we were able to get to them for six sacks. And the, the speed of our defense continues to just uh, really be very evident. And I think that's going to help us if Alabama makes the, the championship game. I think uh, the way A&M rushed the passer, not near as good as we are doing it. So that's going to help us. The other thing, pretty evident that they really did a good job of throwing the ball. Uh, one kid caught 10 passes, and uh, they, we had a lot of contested plays that we didn't really uh, do very well with. So that's something we got to improve on. But, you know, it's good to be able to coach that now and the kids see it, that, hey, these, this is what some teams are going to look at to try to, uh, you know, challenge us. So we got to do a better job of uh, particularly like at the end. We're, we're in a three-deep coverage, and Kendrick lets the guy run past him, and they get that last touchdown. I mean, he's the best corner on our team. And, you, you know, you're playing three-deep. You can't let a guy – you always say deep is the deepest guy, and the guy ran by him. But uh, uh, overall, the uh, game was great. The fan support was great. I mean, you look at what Kirby Smart's done in the Eastern Division since he's taken over. Just incredible. We got beat by Hail Mary one time by Tennessee, and then Florida got us last year. But that's only two losses in the East uh, in the last five years. So uh, just keep on trucking, baby. And remember this. We've lost five games. I mean, four games in the last five years uh, in, in the East. I mean, overall, four games in the SEC. Florida's coach, whatever his name is, oh, Mullen has lost five games this year. So be thankful what we got going there. So uh, that's my little opening monologue. But remember this, and I don't know who the guy is on the on the bent that everybody likes, but that was, I think Bulldog somebody. But, hey, the best is yet to come from this team. I'm telling you, this team has got that, that wherewithal, that leadership, and uh, – I just feel like these next two weeks are going to really help us get well. Uh, and, we, you know, we'll get to play a lot of younger players and we'll be ready to rock and roll when it comes to be those three playoff games, the championship game and then the two uh, games afterwards. Champions are always the ones that overcome the adversity, right? And so when we started hearing that Georgia was trying to play with the flu bug on the team, uh, having to travel some guys separately, and that ended up being, what, a total of eight or nine players not feeling well, Jalen Carter, Warren Erickson. We heard about some others as well. One of the things, Coach, that I thought about, because we got the question, why do you have Devontae Wyatt playing so late in a game that's a blowout when, you, you know, you need to keep everyone healthy? And I'm like, who the hell are you going to play? Yeah, I think that was a real paradox there. Uh, pride factor, you know, you want to keep keep them out of the end zone and all that. But also, we had some uh, some injury situations. You don't have Carter, you know, you know, uh, you know. I don't know what what the situation was up front, but uh, it, it's just. Uh, uh, I think Roddy, uh, you know, after the games were over, I would go back and read what he says because I knew I know he usually says a lot of predictions that are really good. And one of the things he said was coaching matchup, you know, how much pride the coaches take in it. And 
these guys don't want to give you an inch. I mean, they, they are chapped if you get anything. And I think it was just a, a pride factor. Uh, and, um, I don't know if what happened to Wyatt, but it's pretty obvious. Every team has guys that go down against these fast teams. I'm not saying that he went down. I'm not saying that they go down, but I am saying people go down. <laughs> they, well, Coach, you bring up a good point because – And they get healthy yeah. over there within a minute. So, yeah. But uh, if you've got any twinge, any I'm, – if I'm a coach, I'm like, look, if you're short of breath or your side hurts a little bit or, you know, and you, we all played the game, you each play you can <laughs> take a ding, you know, a guy uh, gets you in the ribs, especially the defensive lineman. I was offensive lineman. I know I did stuff to hurt other guys. And to me, if I hit a guy in the ribs and all of a sudden he's holding his ribs and he's down on one knee, and I'm like, damn it, I gave him an excuse. So if I'm the coach, I'm like, hey, take any excuse that you have and that you need and you just go ahead and take a knee out there. We'll send Ron Corson out there. He'll he'll look. He'll check you out. It's okay. You don't need to be tough yeah. this week, guys, because they're going fast. And you don't have to. You don't have to tell them to do that either. I mean, they know it. Yeah. It's okay. I mean, I'm saying, if I were coach, I would tell them. I'd be like, this is specific. It's within the rules, and people use it. But you know, uh, the the thing that's that's good about it is, uh, I know when to worry about an injury. Maybe a little bit. I'm not going to say I know more, but I just know after a turnover and our kickoff team goes down there and then a guy looks like he's hurt, you know, usually that's giving your team a little more time to rest. I mean, everybody does that. So, yeah. But, but my larger point is with the flu being a thing that affected this Georgia team, I, I think Georgia needs to go to the SEC office and say, look, we were down potentially a lot of people because of the limits of the 70 man travel roster. Like that needs to be expanded for future years. So you don't have a potential championship quality team get put in a really bad situation on the road late in the year. Well, uh, maybe true, but I mean, you can take 70, you can go over and get 10 more guys. What do you mean? I I'm saying that that needs to be like, you have 70 men on the, like that's, that's the roster now, right? Expand it more, take more players. Well, I don't know if you can do that, but I mean, we could have the guys that were sick. We could have taken some extra guys and let them stay at home too. But but they felt like some of them were going to be able to play. So it's just uh, you know where do you stop? But it's like everything's supposed to be a cost-effective deal. You can't take the seventy, but you can take a hundred and fifty administrators, yeah. <laughs> and you can take uh, all these, which is okay. Those people deserve it. They work. I'm okay with that. I'm, I have no problem with it, but. You know, our team takes up maybe two thirds of the plane, two planes, and we got other people that we definitely need that go on the trip. That you know, as far as co coaches, you know, people like that. But and that's the story anyway. You're not gonna, you're not gonna change the SEC rule on that seventy. But it's a good, good thing to, to mention. Of, I just, I mean, you see the TV dollars, so like we know that that's that's wordplay. I guess it's not an actual excuse. Like, that's not a big deal to add, you know, 20 maybe players. So. Maybe so. I mean, some leagues have that. But, uh, you know, you got, you got women's soccer, man. You got to take care of women's soccer. I mean, you got to take care of all these other sports. And that's where all that money's going. But, hey, let's get some questions here. I mean, hey, how about those Georgia Bulldogs? Watch tonight, 7 o'clock, when he picked the number one team in the nation. It's the Georgia Bulldogs. And everybody else is sniffing our butt. 
They're, they're back there in second, third, fourth. And I think we see, you know, I talked about it a couple weeks ago. I was worried about it. If for some reason we would slip up and lose to Alabama, which I don't think is going to happen, but you know, we might not make it cause of strength of schedule and all, but Hey, our, our dominance on everybody else, you know, the closest games we've had have been, you know, 17 points. So, that's going to help us. I think we're in the playoffs no matter what. I agree. And I was kind of worried, Coach, uh, when I, a few weeks ago I mentioned that just as a possibility. I said, look, if Georgia loses the SEC championship game, because they had clinched at that point, but I'm like, if you've got a one-loss Oregon, you've got a, 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 a no-loss uh, Oklahoma, you've got Wake a one-loss Ohio State, you know, I wouldn't worry. I, I didn't think an ACC team would get in. But I'm like, and Alabama gets in because of, you know, they're SEC champions with only one loss. And then you got to put in Oregon. You got to put in Ohio State. You got to put in Oklahoma. And it comes down to a 12 and 1 Georgia versus a 13 and 0 Oklahoma, even though Oklahoma hadn't played anybody. I was I'm like, you just, it's tough to get two teams from the SEC in there. But, yes, uh, but, 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 but everybody else is losing. So it doesn't matter anymore. So Georgia yeah, is the to watch right now. And I hate to even mention them because I, uh -oh. I mean, I'm not using the word hate. I, I, I mean, I totally dislike Oklahoma State. I mean, <laughs> but seriously. I wonder why. I wonder Oklahoma, why. Oklahoma State's got a, a good path to being, you know, 12 and 1 here, and, and they, they're going to have some big victories. Uh, you know, uh, we'll just have to see. But, you know, Baylor's already lost 12, twice. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State have lost once. So, but if Oklahoma State, I mean, you, you look at them against TCU. TCU the week before pounded Baylor. I mean, a guy that transferred from Oklahoma, their third-team quarterback, went down to TCU and passed for 400 yards against Baylor. And then last week, Oklahoma, with their great offense, couldn't make a first down on Baylor. So, uh, I think Oklahoma is living on Tulsa time right now. They, they, they're out. They won't be in the top ten tonight. They were barely in it anyway, even being undefeated. They were eighth, eighth. But hey, but again, let's revel in the fact this is this is a hey. Let's uh, let's talk about what's right. But if you want to ask me some little chicken manure things about what we don't do, then I'll be glad to answer it too. I mean, nothing, <laughs> against, nothing against I got those kind of questions because that's part of you know. You got to nitpick everything. I mean, that's that's true. Well, that's but, my job, Coach. But, uh, hey, I, I, do that. But but think about what we've overcome this year. The guys we've played without, starting with Rattledge, without with Pickens, with Gilbert, Laylock, Burton. Yeah, well, got I, I mentioned this on Twitter, Coach. Uh, if I were doing this tonight, when they put out the list of you know the college football playoff rankings, to me, my number one team would be a healthy Georgia. My number two team would be Georgia as it currently stands. You know, this is a team that you mentioned uh, your, you know, Tate Rattledge being out. So you lose Tate Rattledge, then you lose Erickson. You're down to the third option at your right guard spot. You have Broderick Jones in there at left tackle. You'd have a different quarterback than you started the season with, although, um, you know, I think Stetz is doing a great job, but you don't, your QB1 isn't in there. Your wide receiver number one, George Pickens, isn't in there. Your wide receiver number two, Don Blaylock, isn't in there. Your wide receiver, wide receiver number three, four, and five, say uh, uh, Jermaine Burton's been banged up. Marcus Rosby, Jack Saint's been banged up. Arian Smith's been banged up. You're losing all these uh, guys. Uh, Darnell Washington was out a good chunk of the game, you know, a chunk of the season. 
Uh, but these guys are a lot of them are getting healthy. And I, like you said, right off the bat, you got to be excited about where they're going for this stretch run. Now you got two weeks to, and I'm not trying to piss off the tech fans, but Charleston Southern is going to be an easy game. Tech should be a pretty easy game going into that. And again, I'm just assuming Alabama wins it. Although I know other teams can get in, but going into it, Georgia should be primed. And, yeah, and, and each week they've gotten a little bit better because they've, something has been shown to them. A chink in the armor has been demonstrated the last few weeks. And you know Kirby's going to be fixing those. Here's the thing about our offense, though. Uh, we rank in the top five in the country productivity-wise. We don't have one receiver in the top 25 in the SEC in receptions. We don't have anybody in the top 25. Well, it That's seemed like weird. there for about every two weeks you had a different receiver kind of emerging, you know, Ladd McConkie in the middle of the saying, season. I mean, our go-to guy is Brock Bowers, and we go to him maybe twice a game. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'd like to see yeah. a little more of that. Oh, but, uh, yeah, I want to go back to that, Coach, because when we were doing the watch-along, you and I both mentioned the fact we expected them to go to the tight ends and attack those safeties this past week. I, I guess they just didn't need to? Yeah, we had it, that's for sure. But things were working on the outside. I think uh, our guys were proving they could beat them on the outside. You know, Mitchell was doing a good job, and then uh, yes, McConkie had some good, uh, a good catch over the middle. But, uh, again, just uh, some big-time marches, you know. Uh, the, it's hard to take a ball in a two-minute offense on the road and execute like we did. That was just brilliant. And uh, my point about the t top 25 is whoever it happens to be that week has surfaced and done well. Well, you look at the different guys that have, 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 have caught the passes when we need them. But we got guys that – our household words here, uh, Kyrus Jackson, Dom Blaylock, uh, George Pickens, that haven't hardly done anything that are getting ready to rock and roll. Yep. Now, the depth, the depth we've developed has certainly helped us. With um, We've been in bad shape without AD and, and McConkie, that's for sure. But uh, there's a reason those three guys are were ahead of them now, but – you know, at the same time, that experience is going to be invaluable. And uh, then you add the fact that all of a sudden, number two, a guy from California, a guy that packs a punch, a guy that's really a good back is getting ready to rock and roll, too. Kendall Milton. So you put it there as a kind of in-between guy, in-between Cook and, and uh, who can do everything and uh, – Samir, who's a power guy and all. I mean, Milton can do a little bit of everything, but kind of like Kenny Mack. I mean, we're, we're taking four guys to the dance that every girl at the prom would like to be dancing with. Every one of them would be. I mean, those four guys, they're, they're impressive. Coach, I wanted to specifically ask you about the three-minute, 90-yard scoring drive, 12 plays. Brent and I broke it down yesterday. It's uh, on Film Don't Lie, UGA's offense, um, on UGASports.com this morning. That drive, because it was not a perfect drive. Stetson Bennett had to throw away a couple of passes. He had a couple that weren't as accurate. He, he got a lot of help from A.D. Mitchell, obviously from James Cook. What did you see from Todd Munkin's play calling on that drive? Just uh, taking what they give you. A uh, very good job of, of of knowing what your two minute plan is and taking what they give you. Sometimes you think, 
look, they're going to play soft. We can attack the edges and, you know, they don't do that. They play hard cover two or whatever it might be. Uh, sometimes they, uh, you, you know, play cover two and you got to hit the middle more and, you know, whatever we needed and third down conversions, we came up with it. And then that Houdini play that uh, Bennett ran to his right and threw back across the middle to, to Bowers was just, I mean, that was PlayStation type stuff. I mean, I'm just going to tell you now, the guy is Johnny football when you cut him loose. Now we got to be careful about letting him run around too much, but he can make those kind of plays. I've seen him do it for four years now out there practicing. Used to, used to piss Roquan off really bad out there what he would do to our defense. So you're getting ready to see a lot of that coming up here over the next couple of weeks because they're going to cut him loose. Stet the Jet. Who was it that first coined in, at the Rose Bowl? Was it Mel Tucker that first said something about him? Or I, I can't remember which coach it was. Yeah, I think Mel Tucker said something to Kirk Herbstreet about it. And Kirk was over here, and I, I had met him prior to practice. And he said, tell me about this Bennett kid. I said, well, you know, he's on the walk-on kid, runs the scout team, but he's emulating Baker Mayfield, and he's doing a great job of it. We stood there and watched him, and he said, Wow. And that's one reason why he's talked up Stetson maybe a little more than some of these people when we have our game. But I'm also fired up about JT because I see the, uh, you know, the way he's throwing the ball and uh, he's going to be, uh, he's, he'll be impressive Saturday. I mean, uh, you know, any way you look at it, uh, Charleston Southern is just outmatched and they really play a lot of vanilla defense, which you, you'd expect the team that, that uh, outmanned a little bit would take more chances, but uh, they they play pretty base, so we're going to be able to do about what we need to Saturday. I like the idea of having two good quarterbacks. I know everybody wants to talk about one or the other, but, hey, you got two. And if Georgia fans remember, it was two great quarterbacks that busted your ass in the – uh, against Alabama, you know, so mm. if uh, Stetson's having a bad day, you can bring in JT. If JT's having a bad day, you got Stetson. You know, you, you yeah. can use them both as needed. It's again, we were talking about the fact that uh, I left off one coach on our list of kind of injured players. Georgia's also not playing with the same center it started the season with. You know, when Tate Radlich goes down, Erickson has to move over, and you know, he, he's done a great mm. job having moved over, but again. Yeah, but that, hey, that that's good. I mean, we we beat that well, horse. I mean, hey, I'm, not, I'm not beat. I'm just. Mitchell, I'm, I'm, saying you, I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying people don't want to hear that, though. I mean, I, I'd like to go over it because I give the coaches. I mean, Kirby and the they're coaching here. They should be national coach <laughs> they, here. They should. Not yeah, because they, of the way they handled adversity, but just because of the way they beat the dog shit out of everybody. I mean, it's been embarrassing. Uh, some of these teams <laughs> really just uh, pull their pants down right in front of everybody. So, uh, I'm, I, again, not doing it at full health is just. The, the right. cherry you're, on the cake to be. No, you're, you're good on that. You're good on that. Yeah. But I mean, and I, I think I've probably been a little bit too given. I mean, somebody's going to tell Kirby that I've been talking up about how good we are. I mean, hey, round <laughs> yeah, boys, don't do that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be come back down to earth. But my point was on the opening monologue, Johnny Carson type deal was that I feel like that everything's ahead of us. Uh, and you got to be excited where you are right now. We should be in good shape as far as we've had our share of injuries. And I don't, you know, knock on wood, hopefully we won't get any more. But that was terrible what happened to to, uh, to Smith. I mean, he had a stress fracture and then 
finally healing kicks him on a man coverage and it shatters his leg again because it hadn't really you know it's just so bad for the kid I, I mean I hate it can't win for losing poor areas Beth uh, hey but Georgia's eight and0 and won the SEC games that it's played by an average of 32 points average of how much 32 good that dog That's will pretty- hunt yeah Speaking of uh, hunting, when you get a chance and you're out looking for a good deal, swing by our friends over at Athens Ford. They will take care of you. They will find you a great uh, either new vehicle or pre-owned vehicle, uh, certified pre-owned. They're the state's number one dealer in Ford certified pre-owned vehicles. Check them out. And I want to point out to our friends that uh, if you go out there and buy a new or pre-owned vehicle, uh, they're, they're doing their uh, Wishes for Wheels event. They just started it uh, yesterday. And this is where... From, uh, to, from yesterday until December 15th, every car sold means there will be a bike donated to the Salvation Army of Athens, Georgia. So if you go out and you buy a vehicle from them, then they're going to sell a uh, donate a brand new bike. And there's tons of them out there. And they'll put your name on it, and it goes to the Salvation Army of Athens. Uh, they do this every other year. Uh, in the in between years, they do a different charity. But this is a big bicycle charity, and it's neat to go out there and see hundreds of bikes in the showroom because they've, they've got so many for the kids in the area. And it's a, uh, I mean, it's a lot of kids are going to have a great Christmas. So uh, when you get a chance, swing out to uh, Athens Ford, they will take great care of you and shout out to Brian Clover and the folks for doing that. Also they're uh, the big Bronco they have out there that uh, people go out and check, uh, look at. They're taking it to their custom parts department. They're tricking it out. You definitely want to go see it after they've, uh, customized it a bit and if you want some customization for your vehicle you know they have a great service uh, bay out there but if you want to do some custom stuff to your truck or your car they have an entire department it's not like one guy who has a little uh, catalog book in front of them they have an entire department designed for helping you do custom work so check them out and uh while you're on that side of town swing by or, i mean you're only like a half mile maybe a mile from uh academia brewing company if you want to watch the game this saturday uh, be sure to, it's going to be on ESPN plus it's a little different. So you need to swing by academia brewing company. If you don't have the, uh, you might not be able to watch it on your TV like you normally do and go out there at noon. They're going to have great food, great drinks, great beer, tons of tons of beer, get a flight, uh, try them out. Uh, this, tonight they have trivia Tuesday, of course, but something else I want to mention is on November uh, 18th from seven to eight thirty PM. They're having the brewery comedy tour. So if you want to go have, uh, check out a comedy show, check out the uh, Facebook page uh, of our friends over at Academia Brewing Company. Uh, Ryan Lucia, who's on cloud nine with the way this season's going. Again, George graduate, had had the dream of creating a brewery, making the best beer possible. His dream has come true. He makes the best beer possible. So uh, now he's got, uh, they've got so much room out there at that place that they can have comedy shows, live music every Thursday, trivia Tuesdays. Check out our friends at Academia. Academia Brewing Company, you will not regret it. Good mixed drinks, too. I went there after uh, a couple of the games this year and, and tried out some of their uh, different stylings. So if you're a Moscow mule kind of person, they can hook you up over there. They will. All right, hit us up with some questions. Is that a vodka, some kind of vodka thing? I don't really know. <laughs> uh, we talked about George Pickens, Rick Sanchez. Is George Pickens a position, uh, a possession, or a receiver deep 
let me just start over with that with my reading comprehension. Rick Sanchez on YouTube asks, is George Pickens a possession receiver or a deep threat? He's yes. the whole package. He can do whatever you want. He can catch the ball on third down. He can uh, catch over the middle. He can catch the fade. He can catch the back shoulder. He can do anything. I mean, he's uh, he's one of the best players in the country, college or pro. And he'll still be a high draft pick, even if he doesn't make it back to the field this year. He's that kind of talent. No question. Thanks, Pickle Rick. Lama asks, Coach, have you ever seen a pass interference call worse than the one on Darion Kendrick where he got thrown to the ground? You know, there was a lot of shoving <laughs> on that play. Uh, I was mad about it. I, I called offensive interference right off the bat. But prior to that, there was some shoving on by uh, Darion. I mean, you know, it's just – the guy, the initial call was based on what Darion did when the guy was, you know, once the guy's passed you, he's no more a threat, no longer a threat to block you. So you, you can't really hold him up. But there's a lot of that goes on, and they, they let a lot of it go by with that. But it was, at the time, I thought it was really bad, but I could see why we'd call it on Darion with what he did first. But, you know, what, what that guy did was, Made me think it could have been could have been just say keep the flag in your pocket. Gabriel asked, Coach, would you rest players in this game against Charleston Southern if you were coaching this team? Hell yeah, I'm gonna rest them. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm gonna play them some, but I ain't gonna go out there and. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not being smart to this guy, but sure, yeah, we, we're gonna we're gonna try to get everybody ready and let them play, but. I thought Kirby did a great job yesterday on his press conference saying this is a tribute to the seniors. We owe it to them to come out and play well. The rest of the team needs to prepare where we can give a tribute to them. The fans do. You know, it was always an emotional time for me to stand out there and watch a kid run down through the players and see his parents and all and think about everything that a, that a guy had gone through from, you know, recruiting him all the way to some of the adversity, some of the highs and lows. But – it's just a real uh, emotional time, but it's also a, a a very good time because you think about where that guy was and where he is now and what you had to do with him as far as making that success, but also what he did on his own to do it. I mean, you don't take much credit for it, but it's like, you, you know, when a parent, when a kid graduates from college or high school, I mean, you just think about when the kid was a little kid and what all they've gone through. So I think, Answering the question very succinctly right now, though, because I've gone very quickly to a lot of stuff, but everybody on the team needs to play, do your job, and get get in there and get a few reps and then let the other guys get in there and see what they can do. I, I know that uh, one thing that Kirby's always done in games like this is the week in the game is uh, let the twos go against each other a little more instead of going against the one so they can really work on uh, trying to develop a little bit instead of being like a scout team for the ones and all. So uh, we'll see a lot of players out there Saturday. And hopefully some of these guys that have been on the scout team to get to dress out, might get to go cover a kickoff. And I remember one time this one kid that was on our team, uh, you know, he said, Coach, if there's any way that you could just let me cover a kick, said, I'll remember it the rest of my life. And I said, well, you know what, we'll just have to see. And, I mean, starting about the third quarter, he was tugging on my collar and hitting my arm. Coach, can I do it? Can I do it? So 
And, uh, you know, you got the other guys you're trying to let play too, but I let him do it. And he he really had a thrill for him. He didn't go down there and jump on the pile or anything or get a penalty. But it's just a, you you don't know really, all of us take the the pride of going into Sanford Stadium and being a Georgia Bulldog and all. But boy, I tell you, some of these kids that go out there every day and run the scout team and, and just, get yelled at because they don't read a card right and all, but just to be able to dress out and wear the red and black, I mean, that's huge, huge. They want to be able to say that, look, I've played on that field. You know, it's, I've been in a live game. It means a lot to them. I get it. Exactly. I've been doing this for not, of course, a third as long as you have, but I've I've always been close to the walk-ons and guys like that because they reach out to me. Hey, did you get a picture of me at practice? Hey, did you get a picture of me on, you know, when I dressed out? And if they get in the game, it's like, please tell me you got a photo of me. And I can see how much it means to them. I'll get, they'll, they'll get it on one play. I get a picture of it, send it to them. And I've had yeah, them come up to me 15 years later going, hey, I, that, that picture that you took of me is framed in my – hell, Burt Jones, his family hired me to take pictures of him when they don't kick coverage. So, Burt was uh, a good cover too. I mean, yeah, He uh, absolutely was. He made a lot of time. Hey, keep on – hey, be voting for Burt. You never know where he's going to end up. He's a great, <laughs> great young uh, – yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm cash that in when he's the yeah. president or something. So, but best I, the I, best I, best speech that I ever heard at a banquet was uh, when we had a national championship banquet at, at Marshall. We let all the seniors say a couple words, you know, and so we had Troy. Eight, I mean, Troy Brown was uh, who played for the for the Patriots and my national player of the year. I mean, one guy after another, just all stars. And this one guy gets up there and he, you know, I didn't even know that he was going to talk because he never even played hardly, but you know, he let them all talk, which was good. And he gets up there and he said, look, most of you don't know me. My picture's never been in the, you know, uh, I'm number 64 and all this. He said, but let me tell you. And then he stopped and he said, I was on this team. Every day I came out there and did what I was supposed to. I ran the scout team. Whatever I needed to do, I helped this team. And I'll always remember what I learned being around these coaches and these players, what it is like to be on a team. I mean, I'm just right there. I mean, what a, what a speech. It was incredible. I was on this team. Wow. I love it. I love it. That's a great one. I, I, I was thinking about – the idea of these a game against Charleston Southern, you'd go out there and you'd have your, you know, starters play, you know, get get a uh, score some touchdowns and then hand it over to the second team. But how often it seems to me, Coach, if you're a starter, something like that, you're like, hey, no, I busted my tail against, you know, Florida's and Tennessee's and Arkansas. I want an easy game. I want to go get my stats up. Do you, do you ever get Yeah, that? I mean, it's a real fine line for that. I mean, I don't think this team's worried about stats. Uh, I think they're – I'm just saying it, philosophically, though. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that you got to look at. And then, you know, you put the second, thirds in there, maybe maybe it's Charleston Southern gets a few uh, scores on our defense, and then that makes our defense really mad because they weren't in there. But, hey, you, you can't get too caught up in that. Um, I'm just curious. But I think it's great that these guys can play. And the, the one thing I would say, you can't choreograph 
and think, well, hey, we're going to play these guys and then we'll put these up. Because there's things that happen, you know, uh, uh, you know, turnovers or guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows what uh, – yeah, I mean, I don't know what Florida's game plan was, but, uh, man, uh, you know, somebody needs to send them a uh, scouting report on Sanford and say, look, these guys run fast. They run quick. <laughs> I mean, the first quarter, I mean, Florida didn't even know how to line up. I mean, what, what were they doing there? They were. They must have been inventing a new defense anti-Grantham uh, where they were going to do all these things that were different, and they forgot you got to line up. And, God, they just killed them with the speed. I mean, they had some guys with some visual coverage on them. I mean, they were so open. And uh, – but – you know, that's the kind of games that really do make you dance. So they really do. They, they kind of help you out. I think I heard that that was Florida's first Why game that wasn't like nationally Did you televised. Hear about making you dance. I didn't. I mean, that's what they did. They danced. It's a dancing win. I saw Mike Leach dancing in the locker room too after an actual win. That one was was kind of funny. Mike Leach, man, he needs hard work on his his little level on that dancing. Now, um, I mean, I'm not uh, a, I'm not a great at dancer, but he, uh, man, he needs to go see Arthur Murray or somebody. <laughs> hey, Roddy, are there any younger guys that you're excited to see get you know what looks like to be a lot more playing time in this game? I want to see some of those new guys on the offensive line because it's such a – and I actually asked Kirby about this uh, on uh, Monday or yesterday. I was curious about why certain positions rotate. Coach, maybe you could weigh in on this, but you play the same five offensive linemen for the entire game, but you play, you know, seven, eight, nine different defensive linemen. You play the same two cornerbacks, but you play eight different wide receivers. You play uh, the same safeties and usually – middle linebackers, but you rotate through five different uh, running backs if you have all five healthy. You know, you don't switch out quarterbacks. You don't switch out uh, – certain positions don't switch. But when it comes to a game like this, I kind of look from the inside out. I want to see – and don't get me wrong, I want to see Jackson Meeks and, you know, some of the uh, other cornerbacks, you know, Lavoisier Carroll, see what Kamari Lasser can do on the defensive side. But I want to see that big Devin Willick in there. I want to see – uh, Chad Lindbergh, Austin Blasky, guys that you would, you know, some of the guys you forgot were on the team on, on that deep uh, offensive line chart. The guys, that, the big hogs that have to do lift all those weights and do all those runs and stuff. You know, it's, it's, it's harder on them. I want to see those big boys get in there and kind of see what they can do. I mean, you, you, Justin Schaefer, this is his last rodeo. You know, Jamari Sophier is going to be gone. Uh, you know, what? let's see what some of those. Uh, other guys can do that you're going to have to come in and play next year. So that, I'm more excited about the O-line and, you know, maybe some of those, uh, you know, where, where's uh, Dylan Fairchild? You know, let's see what he can do. Uh, uh, Micah Morris, uh, you know, there's a lot, there's a whole bunch of offensive linemen that we haven't seen yet. And uh, I'm kind of excited about that, but coach, why, why do we not see as much uh, rotation at some spots versus others? You're going to have to re-ask that one real fast for him. No, no, it was a, uh, I asked Kirby about it yesterday, Coach, about why some positions uh, have uh, some rotate and some don't. He made a good point about the defensive line. He's like the, the offensive line, they know where they're going, and they're controlling one spot, whereas the defensive line had to run all over the damn place, you know, and uh, they don't know what's coming. 
they don't know, you know, they have to give full effort on every snap because, you know, they might have to chase somebody down. So you need to rotate those bodies a lot more. He didn't really touch on uh, changing up the, you know, why you don't change up uh, running backs or why you don't stick with one and you rotate them more than you do the safety or something like that. But he made a good point about – I didn't think about the defensive linemen having to run so damn much and why they would need a breather, whereas the offensive linemen are kind of controlling a space and it's easier on them. Yeah, I mean, for some reason, we do rotate receivers. Even when we got the good guys, we rotate a lot of receivers and, uh, you know, maybe it's from blocking on the perimeter or whatever it might be. And usually, uh, you know, last year we had a couple three-corners where uh, Oaks came out some and the – that Daniel Skip played some, uh, uh, and but I think it's just uh, philosophical on the other part. Uh, okay. We got any more questions here? Uh, there was one we were talking about players you might want to see. Uh, this was from Ed Dog on UGASports.com. Do you think that Brock Vandergrift gets in against Charleston Southern? You no, know, he could. I mean, he's not going. It's not going to affect his red shirt. Because he hasn't, uh, you know, we just have to see. I mean, he, he got Beck. Uh, you know, I, I would think they would go a little bit further with JT just because he hasn't had live reps there. And uh, so I, I think it's kind of a stretch to think he could get four guys in. But one thing that I've, I've been impressed with Brock, uh, first of all, no question his high school career just shows you what he can do. But um, – you know, the fact that when you're a scout team quarterback, that's a very, uh, very tough job because you're trying to please the defense as far as doing exactly what to do. So sometimes you're throwing the ball where you would. Did I do that? Nope, I don't think so. I think his internet cut out for a moment. <laughs> that was going to be a fantastic point of Brock Vandergriff and the scout team. I, I was feeling it. I hit a button right at uh, right as he said that. It felt like I cut him off, and I'm like, "Wait a minute, How, did, did I do that?" <laughs> Crap. Well, we'll we'll get his thoughts uh, when Coach gets back on here. Maybe some internet that, troubles. I, I do wonder how much uh, how deep you let uh, JT Daniels go into the game because I know a lot of people want to see him, but you know, what if you're up? 50 to nothing or something like that. Do you keep letting JT get in there and throw it? I mean, you want him to knock off the rust. They say, which I'm not worried about the rust. He gets to go up against, you know, the Georgia defense day after day. I'm not worried about him being rusty or something like that. He's played a lot of football. I I, I don't, yeah. I've never understood that one. Yeah. But it's funny. We don't, we don't say that about, we, you expected uh, Xavier Trust to come in and not screw up, right? It's like, yeah. Come in, hey! Do not get a motion penalty. Do not go. We gave him nine types of help because when he came in a couple weeks ago and he ran downfield on a pa- on a, a pass play when he shouldn't have, it's a legal man downfield. It's like, you know, you're an idiot. Why'd you do that? And yeah, and it, rightly so. He's not. You're not supposed to do that. But he, when a guy gets in who hasn't played in a while or hasn't played a whole lot, uh, we don't give them the benefit of the doubt of knocking the rust off. And I don't think the quarterback should have the same. You know, if you if you're ready to go, you're ready to go. Hey. Carson, put your damn helmet on. Get out there and play. You know. Uh, now the timing, yes, that's something you got to work out. So I'm not worried about his rust. I do want to. I would be happy to see him work on his timing to get back into the flow of it. You know, get back to the speed of it, and just absolutely. To me, if I'm Kirby Smart, I'm like, look, Charleston Southern, we're paying you a lot of money. I'm, I, I hate to be an ass, but 
my quarterback who's been banged up this year, he's going to throw it. He's going to fling it. Oh, and guess what? When Carson gets in there, he's going to throw it too. And this uh, freshman quarterback I got, kid named Brock, I need to let him throw it too. Oh, and I'm going to let him run it maybe. You know, just, oh, and it, it may be A.D. Mitchell, the guy that just roasted Tennessee for, you know, the whole yeah. second quarter. So. Yeah, well, yeah, you not like you're going to put in bad receivers because your depth chart all the way down is now pretty much <laughs> really good guys. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to think of who, who's left over there who hadn't scored a whole lot. I mean, Jackson Meeks would be, I guess, him and, and Johnson, right? Jalen Johnson. Yeah, and we know Jalen. Hell, Jalen started games, didn't he? Wes? He's, he's a solid player. Yeah, so Jalen will torture you. Jackson will torture you. Jackson will lay you out. He hits. So. And then just like, okay, well, we're going to bring in uh, – we've had all these successful running backs. We're, oh, we're not going to hit you with Zeus anymore. We're not going to have James Cook gashing you. Uh, maybe we're going to reserve Kendall Melton till later. you know. But, okay, we're even going to pull Kenny McIntosh. Here's Dejon Edwards and Savon yeah. Clark. They're going to score too. They're just going to keep running it down your throat. Good luck. You're going to get your butts kicked by them. It's not going to be pretty. Here's uh, an injury question from Thomas Orzag. Should not take Ratledge be back for the playoffs in January. That's that'd be a no. He is out no. for this season. Yeah, he's not. It'd be nice to get him. But again, that's you know, think about it. you lose him that opening drive, and then so you don't have your starting right guard, then your second right guard, then your center. Crazy. But you you kick uh, Kentucky's teeth out. I do want to give a shout out to our friends over at uh, uh, Dead Soxy. If you want to pull up their website there, share it. To, I'd appreciate that. Uh, they do have a quite the deal going on right now. They're the best socks you can get. And I told people before this even started, I said, look, we have a new sponsor. They're called Dead Socks. You get your lucky socks. I've been wearing my lucky socks, and George is 10-0. Coincidence? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure the only reason George has been successful, despite all those injuries, is the fact that I'm wearing the right socks. So you're welcome, Georgia fans. You are so welcome. But join me because you need all the luck you can get because in the SEC championship game, you're going to have to beat Alabama or whoever – Plus the refs, as we've seen. So hopefully uh, the Sox will get you past the refs and the football team will take care of the other football team and you'll, it'll be even. Now, if you go to Dead Soxy and you get those fantastic uh, socks with the true stay technology, the ones that don't slide down and the ones that have that uh, great uh, buttery soft feel, you know, they just feel amazing. And they look great because they're red and black. You know, you go to the alumni section and you get your red and black ones and they have some new styles coming. Uh, I will tell you about those later. But normally, if you go over there, you can get a discount of 25% off by using promo code UGA Sports. Great deal, right? Now they have a 35% off early bird special, basically for the uh, it's a it's a pre Black Friday sale. So go over there, put in code early bird, and get 35% off these socks. Now you, it's it's Christmas here. There's Christmas trees up in the um, uh, Classic City Eats. You, I mean, next week's Thanksgiving. It's time to start buying your Christmas gifts. Uh, while supplies are available, head over to Dead Soxy, get your socks, uh, get 35% off, get them for the Bulldog fan in your life, get them for yourself, treat yourself, or, you know, get some dress socks for work or to, uh, no shows to work out in. They'll take care of you. Also, today is Tuesday, and we always tell you on Tuesday to, if you, go, if you want to order anything from your pot, if you want a great pizza, you want a great salad, you want a great uh, sandwich, do it on Tuesday. Use the app, get double points. The uh, pizzas and uh, the salads and the free breadsticks and all that stuff, the free gelato, all, free drinks, all that stuff adds up incredibly quickly when you use the app. It's not one of those, I think it's like a Subway app or somebody out there. It's like, yeah, you use, hey, get points, and it never amounts to anything. 
Well, these points add up super quick. And if you do it on Tuesday, it's double points. So you get twice the points and you get to your pizzas and free stuff twice as fast. That's for my friends over at Your Pie. Uh, man, I have not spoken to um, our buddies at Your Pie in a while, but, uh, you know, huge uh, Georgia alums, huge Georgia fans, they probably bouncing off the walls too. So uh, when you get a chance, hit up our friends at Your Pie. Let's see if we can fit in a couple more questions here. Uh, Roddy, which of Georgia's coaches is most likely to leave for a head coaching job after the season, and where do you think they could possibly end up? That's from BMAR67 on the event at UGASportLeaders.com. It's worth it to note that Justin Fuente uh, fired at Virginia Tech earlier today. Okay, well, <laughs> Dan uh, Dan Lanning to Virginia Tech. Let's start the rumors now. Uh, I, I, Dan Lanning's been – he is on a lot of people's short list. He shows up all the time. But so, too, is Todd Munkin. Uh, this is a guy who's a former head coach. Uh, he will be – he will have a lot of options. It's – get used to it, Georgia fans, because you are now going to be having the same problems that Alabama had. Every time you are this successful, people are going to come and try to poach your coaches. Because why are you successful? You have great coaches. They're learning from Kirby, you know. And they Just can like recruit. Kirby. That's the biggest thing. I was about to say. So let's see what's happened to two guys that were hired away from Kirby Smart's tree. Mel Tucker, uh, probably one of the most, you know, coach of the year, probably. Sam Pittman, another, you know, coach of the year candidate. So these guys have learned how to recruit. They, you know, they learned how to run a system like Kirby does. So, of course, those guys are going to, uh, yeah, when if you're at uh, these schools, and I think there's, what, uh, eight coach openings right now, head coach openings, or maybe nine, uh, with that's another one I didn't realize even Fuentes was out, but boom. Now, all of a sudden, they're thinking, looking around, hey, who does Alabama have that we can hire away? Who does Georgia have that we can hire away? It's going to happen. Uh, but give Kirby Smart credit. It, uh, for people that don't remember what a Rolodex is, it's basically, you know, you have cards, you know, a little file there. His list of coaching candidates to replace him is pretty legit. He also does a great job of uh, promoting from within. You know, so when he needs to go outside the system, he'll find a, a great coach. And it may be a big name, you know, it may be someone you never heard of. But uh, he, he knows a lot of coaches and he recruits coaches as well as he does on uh, recruits players. So if you do lose some coaches, don't worry about it. Uh, I, I would not be surprised to see um, Dale McGee get some uh, offers. He's a one of the best recruiters in the nation, if not the top recruiter. Uh, and a lot of people want him as a head coach. So I was told that Georgia Southern at least checked in with him before they hired Clay Hill. They, they most certainly did. <laughs> very, very hard. I, I think that's a, a very tame way to say it. But <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> that's a very tame way to say it. Yes. But, you know, that also tells you something. Should that be the case that you know whether it got down to where I guess he didn't get to the point that a job would be offered to him if he just didn't have preliminary interest, right? So. That tells you that there's a coach all, out there. All these guys want to be a head coach. No, he he wants to be a head coach, but what he's saying is, I'd rather be Georgia's running backs coach than Georgia Southern's head coach. Yeah. Or maybe uh, sometimes it's just a timing thing. It's like, look, uh, they they want it right now because I mean we've got uh, signing day in less than a month. Yeah. So uh, some people are like, look, we got to have somebody in place. We we're, we're going to be killed. So some that's why you've seen all these guys get fired ahead of time. You know, and they're trying to get the tires in place. And a lot of them say, look, uh, let's go ahead and. Uh, fire our coach and hire a guy in also because we want to jump on uh, any uh, coaches that are currently available. Let's get on them quick. But it's a uh, – sometimes it's uh, 
in other words, I don't expect to see a situation where you will see these coaches linked to other jobs, but I think everybody is solid through the title game. I don't see a situation where it's like, hey, uh, Dan Mullen's taking the head coach job at uh, Virginia Tech and he's spending half the week in Athens and half the week, uh, you know. Uh, you said Mullen. You meant Lanning. Atlanta, yeah. Well, <laughs> Dan uh, Lanning is the new head coach of the University of Florida after they get <laughs> fired from losing FSU. He's not spending half the week in Athens, half the week in Gainesville. I, I think these guys will – and, again, this is just a pure guess, but they know that they're on a special run. And I, they are very loyal to Kirby. And although this could be the, the opportunity of a lifetime, I expect them to – I don't expect them to hurt George's chances by uh, having one foot out the door. I think they, they will all do like oh, Kirby Smart did. He finished up his season before he came to Georgia. A you know? uh, question directly for you, Roddy, from Savannah Dog on UGASports.com. Do you wake up each morning and just wonder, how can I out Munson Savannah Dog? Because <laughs> right when he starts to feel good about Georgia, you sweep in with some stuff to worry about. No one can out Munson Savannah Dog. Savannah Dog is one of our oldest uh, posters on the board. I don't know his age, but I'm just one of our uh, long, uh, founding member of UGASports.com. And we'll be the first to tell you he has a very pessimistic view, especially of referees and of other programs. But, uh, again, I I'm, I consider myself to be an incredibly optimistic person. But I do there, – there comes an issue when you're cl close to the team. You know, we, we know a lot of recruits. We know a lot of their parents. We know a lot of players. We know a lot of support staff. We know a lot of coaches. And what you'll hear about is – Oh, we had a great practice. We're, we're killing them, except we had this problem where we couldn't pass protect or we couldn't. Uh, this guy was just getting killed in coverage. And you're like, ooh. So you find out what the flaws are. So it makes you a little nervous because thinking if the other team finds out, what the, if the other team can figure that out, crap, they'll, they'll be in a world of hurt. So the less you know, sometimes the more optimistic you are because you don't know the warts, you know. And uh, I remember, I, I, again, no one can out. Uh, uh, Munson, Savannah, but this is there will not be a happier person in the universe when Georgia wins it all, whatever they do, than Savannah Dog. Uh, one question from Chris Dixon on YouTube, and this will probably be our last one that we have. He just asked, What about Clay Webb? That, that's a name that we don't hear about that often on the offensive line. Well, Clay's just been a um, we talked about poor Arian Smith getting banged up. Clay Webb has had a um, I'll say a litany. He just had ridiculously bad luck, you know, when it comes. I think it was an ankle injury. Uh, this is a kid who was one of the most technically sound uh, guys I've ever seen. Uh, I mean, just sheer uh, technique when it comes to blocking. I mean, I, and in high school, I would film him and say, look, this is, uh, this is how you do it, guys. This is how This is how you fight with your hands. This is how your footwork should look. This is how your body lean should be. Uh, one of the most technically sound guys I ever saw, highly rated, but uh, just can't get past the injury bug. So, and it's also a, that had put on a ton of weight. You know, he's, he's a very slight guy. I expected him to bulk up a lot more, but I, I know he had some issues there too. So, um, just I hate it for Clay. He's the smartest kid on the team, probably. You know, probably the smartest kid at university. Genius. So, I just I hate it. I hate to see that he's not uh, out there playing. I expected him to come in as a freshman and play, but. That's uh, you know, never, it doesn't always work out that way. 
Uh, we need to apologize again for the uh, internet issues here in the last like eh, 15 or so minutes with uh, Coach Donnan. We'll have him uh, back for – I think we'll have a round the league with him this week. He, he's got a little travel going on as well. But uh, Roddy, what, what's our status for Saturday, man? I, I, this is like an, an off-air question I meant to ask you, but now I'm asking on air. What's our status for the watch-along show on Saturday? Well, we're going to do it some, uh, by hook or crook. Uh, right now, I'm hoping to do it out here at Classic City Heats and their uh, – uh, golf simulation room. They have that fantastic room where you come out here and actually hit golf balls inside and it, it's on the big computer screen. Uh, figured we could put up ESPN Plus on the screen there and just do the watch along here. Maybe see if we can find somebody, a, a third to join us. So we'll have to ask some questions while you're in there. Yeah. See, if, yeah. see if you can make that happen. Yeah. Uh, they're actually back there checking out right now. So, ah. yeah. Well, uh, otherwise, we just invited people to something that's not happening. So uh, look for Roddy's Twitter to, to see what's actually yeah. going on with we that. Will, we will definitely come up with some way for everyone to uh, watch the show or cool. watch the watch the watch along. So um, Cool. Well, that's all the questions we have for here. If you want to wrap the show, uh, we'll be back for next week. Yeah. Hey, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check out Around the League this coming Thursday with uh, Dane and Brent and Coach Donnan. Uh, shout out to Academy Brewing Company, Classic City Eats, Your Pie, uh, Athens Ford, and of course Dead Soxy for sponsoring it. Uh, I, I need to put up the. We had four people win the Dead Soxy prize pack this week. We had four people accurately predict the score of the game, and my tiebreaker was, "Hey, guess the number of tackles Jacoby Dean would have." Four people got the score right and the right number of tackles. Hot damn! That that never happens. So. Get them to Vegas. <laughs> well, no, I gotta buy three more kits <laughs> to give these give them away. But we will do that. We'll be sure that everybody won the, the uh, predicted the score correctly and tied for the tiebreaker uh, gets gets a uh, kit from our friends at Dead Sox. Oh, and also want to shout out to our newest sponsor, uh, Rogue Apothecary. So if you need some CBD oils or any of the uh, hemp products, check out uh, Rogue Apothecary. Use promo code Bulldogs ten to get a. Uh, discount on your order they will take good care of you so i've, I've talked to richard out there he is a fantastic dude they sell some fun stuff so check out rogue apothecary when you get a chance all right take care we'll see you next week